0: And enjoy the podcast. Microphone check one, two. What is this? The Black Psychologist podcast is back to business. Fresh off some much needed participation and some self care activities that may or may not have involved us being on a beach or not. You never know where we may be. All right. Just know that it was well deserved and much needed. And we appreciate everybody being patient and being, you know, rocking with us during this time off. We know it's been, you know, two or three weeks since you last heard and saw us and such. So we appreciate it. You know, there have been some individuals some comments and things have been, you know, wanting us to get out there and put some more content out there. So we appreciate the love. All right. Uh, I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And of course, you all know. I'm never flying this plane on my own. I'm here with my friend, my colleague, my co-host, my co-pilot. He lays it out for y'all to play it out once again. The incredible Dr. Jason Coleman. How are you, good brother?
1: I'm good, man. Um, you know, obviously, I want to reiterate what you said. Like, we want to thank everybody for hanging with us. You know, um, it's been a long couple of weeks. We kind of needed a little bit of you know, uh self-care, you know, running around doing different things, but definitely appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen um and tunes in. So we appreciate it. Um and you know moving forward we're gonna probably have content coming out a little bit a little bit quicker because, you know, a couple of things are loosening up, you know, at least on my end. So that's right. Just want to pre- appreciate everybody for hanging with us. Um just thankful for all the support. And yeah, we're gonna get into it. What's going on, brother? What's
0: going on? Nothing, man. Like you said, so much uh, needed and some time off for us to run around and do some things, a little maneuvering out in these streets. Uh, So, yeah, again, we appreciate the love and the feedback from everybody. And uh, a lot's happened, man. I I feel like as soon as we did the last episode, like a whole bunch of news and information and events started to take place. I feel like it was a conspiracy. Like they wanted us to get back out there and, 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 you know, give our takes. So, well, just a quick uh, little rundown. Some things that we definitely wanted to acknowledge um, earlier this month: uh, the father and son convicted of murdering Amon Aubrey were both given additional sentences of, of life in prison um, on federal hate crimes and federal hate uh, hate charges. So, um, while the neighbor was sentenced to 35 years in prison, prison. so um, and they're going to serve their sentences in state prison, not federal, not federal prison that had been requested by the attorneys. And same goes with um, the Breonna Taylor situation. So the justice department also had charged the uh, four current and four former Louisville Metro police department officers with federal crimes related to her death. And so um, the federal charges were announced. And uh, they, what happened is that they looked at it as far as the, the unit that entered um, her apartment and unfortunately murdered her, they falsified the affidavit that was used to obtain, to to use to obtain the search warrant in the first place, right. To enter her home. So they, this act, as they said, violated her her federal civil rights. And so that's what resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. So, you know, we're starting to see, you know, some, you know, depending on kind of swing in the other direction regarding when a lot of these, unfortunate events where these individuals were murdered um starting to see some some justice right not for all but it's always good when you're kind of starting to see that uh these charges and people being held responsible because for a lot of time and for a long extensive time that wasn't happening so it's always good to acknowledge when um justice is starting to prevail at least in these particular situations so i'm hope hopeful like you know that's a A sign of things to come when these events happen. You don't want to see these events happen, but when they do take place, uh, you hope that justice will be served. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. And also, uh, unfortunately, Bill Russell passed away on July 31st, 2022, at the age of 88. And um, that goes without saying that Bill Russell, you mean, was a legend, not just on the court, but off the court you know a lot of the nba and the players wouldn't be where they are now if it weren't for bill russell and everything that he contributed and everything that he sacrificed throughout the game i mean on the court i mean what 13 seasons 11 championships right that says it for right. itself and then, right back, huh? yeah absolutely um and for what he did off the court in regards to civil rights and uh just him making his impact I mean that just kind of goes without. We could be we could do a whole episode on that alone. Um, so recently they just announced that they're the NBA is going to retire the number six. So after this year, no one's going to be able to um, wear that jersey number, which I feel is appropriate. Um, so absolutely want to acknowledge that to him and his family and everything that he contributed to the game of basketball and just to life overall. So um, so yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and he has the most championships,
0: right? Absolutely, thirteen. Listen, man, he has he has he has eleven. He has eleven championships. In um, thirteen seasons. Like, I mean, you can't even. What, what can you? I mean, look, he doesn't. He has an extra one.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? He got an extra, and then you have a finger for all his rings, man. Like that's that's to say that that's impressive. Will be an understatement. But
1: definitely a definitely a great man, though definitely.
0: Absolutely. So. um, So, yeah, they're going to be celebrating his accomplishments and just his life throughout the whole NBA upcoming season. So that's going to be great. Um, Staying in sporting news, what shouldn't be celebrated, uh, unfortunately, if Deshaun Watson, Jay. All right. Now, this has been unfolding for the better part of the year. um, And so. Recently, it seems like they've kind of come to a decision regarding his situation. So for people that aren't aware, we'll do a, try to do a quick recap of everything. So earlier this month, Deshaun Watson was given a six-game suspension. Now, the length of the suspension was due to the decision of a retired federal judge, uh, Sue L. Robinson, who oversaw the, the Watson disciplinary hearings and, uh, and that took place in June. So she... In her notes uh, she stated that Watson's nonviolent sexual misconduct or sexual conduct helped him avoid the longer suspension. She said although this is the most significant punishment ever imposed on the NFL player for allegations of non-violent sexual conduct, Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than ever before reviewed by the NFL. So after this was passed down NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell decided to appeal the suspension, seeking a greater punishment um, for uh, Deshaun Watson, who's now with the Cleveland um, Cleveland Browns. He was formerly with the Houston Texans, so um, so he decided to appeal the suspension, seeking a greater, a greater punishment due to the quote unquote egregious and predatory behavior. So, fast forward last Thursday, he um, Deshaun accepted a settlement of 11 games and a fine of five million dollars. And this was negotiated by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. In addition, he must undergo a personal evaluation and behavior and evaluation by the behavior experts and follow their treatment plan. All right. Now, Watson has settled 23 of the 24 lawsuits and he's not facing any criminal charges after two grand juries declined to charge him, all right? So this is where we are, Jay, after a whole year and everything playing out, this is where we have arrived at, 11 games and a $5 million fine, all right? And and personal evaluation by behavior experts, and he has to follow their treatment plan. Um, First and foremost, neither one of us are in a place where or in a position where we can say whether he's guilty or innocent. But I'm going to say that none of this smells right. All right. Um, throughout the accusations and things that we're saying and the testimony and and, and all things else. Um, I mean, these accusations against him uh, came from more than like 60 different massage therapists. That he had worked with within like a fifteen month period, Jay. Uh, I think it was through like late two thousand nineteen to early two thousand twenty one. But sixty massage therapists came forward and said that he was completely inappropriate, sexual misconduct, other different things. I'm not going to get into like the the nitty gritty and all the graphic details. um, But it was pretty disturbing. And for me, I know. emotionally, a lot of people or a lot of us in particularly, probably, you know, women are saying that this is not enough, right? 11 games for what he did for what he was accused of, or whatever the situation may be. Um, and honestly, I don't know, given what he's accused of, if there are ever going to be enough games that could like be the equivalent of the pain that these 24 women or however many women said that they had to go through, right? This horrific experience that they, you know, I don't know if 11 games or whatever suspension that would have came up with is ever going to be um, enough. You know, you can't really put a price on trauma, on sexual misconduct, on assault or whatever the situation may be. Um, I just know overall, I don't know the situation doesn't smell right, right? It's a lot of number of people, a lot of with these similar stories, and um, you know, it's it's a situation, especially with you know the behavioral experts and whatever this personal evaluation, whatever that may entail. Um, I kind of s- it's similar to some of the cases that we've talked about in the past, right? Where we've had we've talked about notable figures that have done some of these other this um sexual misbehavior and again my first thing is well the treatment that they're talking about right or they're referring to how effective is that gonna be if you give and go or go based off of his apology and his you know him maintaining they didn't do anything wrong how effective is that going to be if he doesn't feel like he did right. anything wrong
1: well let's, let's see this is the thing right we've already talk about whether or not we feel like he did something me and you feel like he did something
0: yeah
1: right but but this is the problem and i got unfortunately i got to be the one to point it out like everybody wants to talk about 100 things at the same time like do i feel like 30 people lied no right i feel like more than most likely he did something inappropriate right now, that the same conversation as how many football games he should be suspended. I think it's a totally different conversation. The reason why I'll say that is because, again, right? And look, and I'll just take what you said. I'm not even arguing against you, but I'm saying this is why us as fans don't suspend players, because you what you said is absolutely right. There's no amount of games that you could give somebody. That's going to equate to either A, how fans feel about it, or B, how his how his accusers or the victims feel about it. There's no amount of games, right? So because of that, you bring in a judge to rule on precedent. Precedent meaning this ain't the first sexual assault case that the NFL has had, right? We sit around, we've talked about Ben Roethlisberger several times and i'm not i'm not just trying to we're, we're not we're talking about more than one sexual assault or, or, or you know or allegation and i'm only bringing it up in terms of the nfl has precedent in terms of how they handle these these issues and they haven't really cared that much in terms of suspending the players right we've talked about this a player right now that's suspended longer for gambling you know what i'm saying than than this so it's like I get it, like everybody sees it and they think it's egregious, and then we wanna what? Rush change the rule, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work like that, yo. Know? Like, so again, I'm not talking about whether I think he did something wrong or but the whole reason why this is news, right? Is because she gave him six games, the judge, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure from the judge's perspective, now again, I'm not talking about. What I feel innocent, but from the judge's perspective, she's probably like, you're lucky I can give him six games. He settled 23 out of 24 cases and he has no, he's he's never said he was guilty and there's no charges that's ever been filed. So how much justice can the NFL or anybody really get? Mm -hmm. And again, this is one of the problems when it comes to sex crimes, right? There's not a lot of physical evidence, if any, right? and we're usually asking people to go out on a limb and against somebody that's more powerful than them and continue telling a story without the guarantee of justice because it usually ends up like this right so it's hard to kind of for me to even have an opinion because it's like they're going to keep playing the circular game Deshaun Watson is going to say well I never did it. right and the NFL is going to say, well, basically they're going to say, well, you made us look bad. They're not going to say he's guilty of anything. You know what I'm saying? They're going to say he broke the policy. What's the policy called?
0: Uh, the sexual non-violent sexual conduct. That's what it was.
1: That's what she. Uh, and and that—that's that, exactly what she said he was guilty of, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So again, like, it's just a difficult situation because the NFL has a poor you know uh record when it comes
0: to sexual assault yeah I mean yeah I mean it is again I what I saw one is how the NFL put it in place and I think they were very strategic and so they're saying hey let's bring in this judge who yeah. hasn't ruled on disciplinary action so whatever she comes up with well we can say it's not enough Right. So we can look like and say, hey, you know what? That's not enough. We want more blood. We want more punishment. And it didn't. And it was kind of it was counterintuitive for the reason that why would you bring somebody in who could do who could give a ruling and you can appeal it anyway?
1: Right. But not only appeal it like you can change it. Right. But but that's and that's kind of why I'm looking at this whole situation like. It's like most people are just looking at the six games, but we I came into this conversation just knowing the process. And it's like you bring in somebody who's outside of the NFL to make a ruling, they make the ruling, then you come back in and overrule them. I mean, whether it's six games, eight games, eighteen games, I don't care what it is, I just it just needs to look like it's it's some type of standard. It just looks crazy.
0: Exactly. You know Again. Was, there was so much contradiction with this because they were talking like, "All right, well, non-violent sexual conduct." I'm like, "Well, even 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 if it's non-violent, there's still sexual misconduct, right?" So that's that's one. All and right. then two, they were they were saying that he was a first-time offender or, or offense. I'm like,
1: there were 24 people. I'm <laughs> like, how, how is that? Yeah, and that- that's why you get it. That's how you get into this gray area of I, yeah. again. I, I listen, man. I, I can't. It's too multi layered, brother. It's too multi layered. And I'm gonna be very honest like, I don't want to get off in a nuanced conversation about a, a, a fact or something and you know, it gets taken the wrong way. So, it's, it's,
0: yeah, there there was a lot. I mean, even with the the Houston Texans, I felt like the resp- responsibility on their end for the reason that, I mean, of course I don't work for the organization, but if this is happening between 2019, 2021, while he's still with the team and he has 60 different massage folks, like, come on, like, you know, what's going on now. Things didn't come out of course, until he was like, yo, I want out. So right. they're like, Oh, okay. This is what you want to do. And now more information is coming out. People are popping up. So there was responsibility on his end, of course, on The league and the the detections and absolutely so it was just a lot of different things and unfortunately outside or in addition to um you know the victims or the accusers it's also the landscape of massage therapy right because you have to look at it this perpetuates or his behavior um, or alleged behavior however we want to frame it perpetuates that you know how dangerous as far as going into massage therapy, right? Like where people, that dangerous perception where massage therapy is foreplay for sex, where these are trained individuals, right? These are sure. trained individuals that are providing a service for all over the country in a variety, whether it's a salon, whether it's through sports, whether it's whatever. And now situations like this, this this spotlights that because now this changes, okay, how the conversation is going to, the security that's put in place, right? It also highlights what a lot of massage therapists tend to go through, right? I mean, of course, you do have some of those little skeevy little kind of little joints and things, but we're not talking about that. Like We're talking about, in this case, we're talking about actually licensed massage therapists that unfortunately have to go through this type of behavior where they may have clients that think they're like, oh, this I'm in for a grand time. This is not the case. So this spot's like you know, a lot of sometimes some of the struggles and challenges that they go through, and it also unfortunately you know perpetuates the dangerous perception that massage therapy is a gateway into sex, which is not. It's reputable, in you know highly trained position or or, or field, and um, you know this may, as far as change, as far as when massage therapists are going into the home or when you're coming into gift services, this might change the dynamics or the landscape of that. Um, but you know, it's. A lot of uh, I hope that the individuals, whatever transpired, the the accusers or the victims, that they're able to get the proper treatment and support that they need after going through this whole ordeal for the reason that I don't care what you settle out for. That's not going to exactly get you through trauma. Right. You know that. And I know that.
1: I mean, listen, you know, I I wouldn't even insinuate people settle for a whole bunch of reasons. You know, it doesn't mean that nobody's not guilty or any of that. All I'm saying is, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. people that have wealth and resources, they use the law to the extent of it, and it complicates things, and it extends things, and they create these gray areas where it's like, you can't call Deshaun Watson a whatever you want on national television. You might sue you and win. Yeah. Because he was okay. never anything. So... Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part about when we start debating about how much games he should get is my whole report, is my whole point. Should he be shunned? Should he be criticized? Yes. But when we start talking about like games, I don't really know. I don't have an opinion on that. Cause it's like it's hard to, you know. You, you
0: can't you can't quantify that. And then, like you said, the women, as far as the ones that accuse it that did settle, like there's a whole Another multi-layer component into that because you know they get both they go through the whole process as far as court and get you know the the, the whole ordeal of them going through that process. It's a lot, man. It really is. It's unfortunate all around. Yeah. Um, so uh so we'll see. Real quick, right, before we you know get off of this topic. So he was uh he's suspended for 11 games, and I think he's eligible to come back. I think like what's that early December, maybe late November. You know who his first team yeah. playing against, right?
1: Yeah,
0: I saw that. Yeah, how about that? Interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, very, very interesting. I wonder what the ratings are going to be on that game. Right. So
1: that's yeah. why I saw another... Let's move on. I,
0: I saw yeah. another... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on to something else that has been in the news, monkeypox. All right. So recently, the World Health Organization declared a global health emergency in response to the outbreak... Um and it seems like each week the cases are rapidly increasing. So just recently I want to say last week the US had reported more than uh 7500 cases of monkeypox uh monkeypox across 46 states. Um and I'm sure even since then it's it's even increased even more. So you know monkeypox for those that aren't aware are, is um primarily spread through skin-to-skin contact during sex. The World Health Organization reported men who have sex with men are at the highest risk of infection right now for monkeypox. Also, they indicated about 99% of cases are among men, and at least 95% of those patients are men who have sex with other men. And they put out a statement uh, a little while ago, that men who have sex with men should consider limiting their sexual partners to lower their risk of infection and reduce spread. All right. So uh initially, with how this was reported, or at least how they were trying to uh communicate this information about the spread and who it affects most, it seemed eerily similar to the uh when AIDS first came on the scene back in the early mid early mid 80s right how how it was just they just really just spotlighted and identified one particular group and i think that's the issue um there's nothing wrong with saying okay this particular population we're seeing it more prevalent in this particular population of people right i don't see the issue in that but the manner and how it's being communicated jay Um, I think that's where the danger lies. Right. That's where we start to get into, because now you're creating a stigma for one particular population. Like we've already seen this, um, especially when it's being done by government officials or health organizations. We saw that a year or two ago with how covid came out and then how. We're not going to talk about who is pointing the finger at a a certain population or ethnicity, but you had officials just saying, oh, well, this is coming from a particular continent, right? It's coming from a particular group of people. And we saw the backlash and we saw how dangerous that was, especially for these individuals. So again, this resonated with me with some of how, um, when AIDS and HIV came onto the scene, how... The lgbt uh population or community was being uh, highlighted on this so that's where um i feel like we really especially health organizations just have to be very careful um and actually have to be more thoughtful in the manner of how you're going to say it's prevalent in this particular population for the reason right. that you know information starts spreading on social media the stigma is going to get around right and it's going to hurt that community. You know, it, it's a situation where, um, you're going to stigmatize the people in that community and outside that community.
1: Well, I you think know, you know, I mean, that's a good point, right? Because you know, in the beginning, like you, you had misinformation, like it was a sexually transmitted infection, right? Um, and then obviously, with good information, you they- Learn that it's a skin to skin kind of infection, which is primarily why they were originally talking about like raves and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, but that again, that's part of the stigma when you start talking about certain groups, right? And in this case, they were talking about gay men, right? A lot of people were assuming that it was being um spread through like sexual contact, right? When we're really talking about skin to skin contact, right? Yeah. Um, not saying it can't be spread that way, but you know what I mean? Uh, primarily, the primary mode, right? Um, and, you know, I again, it's an interesting, well, it's an important conversation because, you know, it's a conversation that's going on right now. Like, I sent you the article that was in the New York Times, you know, in July, as, early, as late as July, in New York State, you know, they're debating how to get this message out, right? Um, and, I, and the doctor, I guess, who's the head of, I don't know, want to say the department. He's at, I think, he's the Department of, I don't know. Um, but Dr. Weiss, he was kind of talking about his idea was to be was to directly kind of talk to to homosexual gay men and say to advise them to slow down on reduce the number of sexual partners during the summer, right? And you have people. Who are like advocates and people who are allies of the LGBTQ community in that department, saying that this message will be stigmatizing and backfire, right? So actively, you have people that are having this conversation as a part of public, like, what is appropriate public health strategy, right? So I, again, it's one. It's, it's important, like, in terms of what you said, right? You should be able to direct. Um, Like if a population is high risk, they're high risk for something, right? If 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 a a population has obesity, then you shouldn't be not telling them that they have obesity in order to not offend them, right? But you don't necessarily call them fat, right? You know. So it's a different way to do it, right? Um, So again, I don't know what the perfect message would be here, right? And I'm not. um, I don't know what it is, but I definitely know that there is a message that you could send that's not offensive. Right. Um, but I don't know within the like this article came out July 18th, you know, uh, 2022 in The New York Times. And they're debating that within the state offices. Right. Um, and the doctors are kind of saying be direct. Right. Say the population is, is homosexual men. We want them to reduce the number of sexual partners, right? Um, and then you have other people saying that it's a misleading message and it's stigmatizing. Um, I, I can see I can see health providers wanting to get a, a direct message to a direct group of people, you know, um, even if it is perceived as insensitive and I can, you know, see that the stigma it could have, right? Because it's already happening.
0: Yeah, because they're following that medical model, right? Like you and I, we've both were had the opportunity to work with physicians and hospitals and, and different um, environments and settings. And you know the medical model, tell them directly, right? Not very good bedside manner, not taking into consideration the dispositional or situational factor that the patient or the client is coming in with. It gives them information, whatever they do with it, it's on them. And I think one is absolutely working with that community, right? Like we've talked about and we, we've we done research as far as like the way to, you know, provide preventative care, right? So you can talk to a particular population, educate them and say, hey, these are some of the things that we want to do. But when you're talking and you're providing this information to the general public, and when you say, all right, well, it's 99% in this population, what does that say to the general public? Oh, it's only them. That's not us. Right? I, I, so it's I, you got to put some additional information and say, hey, like you said, it's skin to skin. So just because it's yeah, it's very prevalent. We're seeing high numbers or high risk. It doesn't mean that other individuals can't, you know. Right. Be affected by. And I think that's the piece that they're missing. Like in all of like some of these PSAs and some of the general information that's getting put out through these various platforms or websites, you just see the high numbers, the 99, 95. You don't, you know, they're not also saying, well, everyone should be careful with this. Right. I mean, and, it, and it's, it's, it's strange and bizarre for the reason that like we just came from a whole, Crisis, right? We just came from the emergency response with one particular virus, and you would have thought that, all right, well, the World Health Organization or these other different government organizations would be like, all right, we're, maybe we're a little bit more prepared in giving out this information so things don't get we don't drop the ball like we did last time, but they didn't. And honestly, it's even more like if you read up more about the monkey pox situation and about like, because now the vaccines, right? The vaccines that they're trying to get out to that particular population, just kind of overall to the general public, they don't have any, right? They, there's a shortage. Right. In, okay. in the, right, and the reason why is because they didn't, America, I can, I can only speak as an American, right? Didn't do their due diligence and being able to doing what they were supposed to do, I feel like in reducing the preventative care right because because monkeypox or the outbreak is, is typically in europe and in like north africa right in these other different um areas right that's normally where i believe it's found so after 9-11 right they had monkeypox vaccines because it was going to be considered a um what do they call it uh, a biological weapon right okay. so the u.s had about like 20 million monkeypox and smallpox vaccines they didn't use them right when it was came out like after everything had kind of settled down after 9-11 and the biological warfare and anthrax all these things all those threats like um uh simmered down like after a couple years they just had the vaccines like just in storage someplace jack right so even though monkeypox was taking place, like over there in like Europe and like North Africa, where a lot of individuals were dying and ex- experiencing these things, they could have sent those vaccines over there, right? And that would have reduced, you know okay. what I mean, the, the, the spread. That's what I'm saying, right? But you didn't. You, now again, this is no, this is me being naive, but again,
1: so you didn't do that.
0: <laughs> okay. You didn't do that. So now. Because you didn't take those measures and help out a different country or kinder or this this marginalized population, things have now spread and come over here. So a lot of the vaccines have expired. So, like, I think Philadelphia was supposed to get like um, close to 2000 vaccines last week and they only got like 600. So. You see what I mean? Like, so this is where, like, all right, we want to talk about, like, all right, this population. But we were in a position or the U.S. was in a position to actually, you know, kind of decrease the issue. But this is where it goes, man. Like, it's constantly um, and I say that to kind of get off this rant is that constantly is dropping the ball. Like these government organizations, unfortunately, are dropping the ball when it comes to getting information out and whether they're stigmatizing one group or not helping another, like, this is the problem that we continue to run into.
1: Man, you just told me a story about the United States having the money or the resources to help somebody in another part of the world who was suffering and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. you telling me that you surprised? <laughs> yeah. Well, it
0: backfired, man. It's like, listen, you could, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when we read, when we see that, you know what, we probably could have reduced or avoided this situation, but it's like, nah, we're just going to let these vaccines just sit in the warehouse and storage. It'll be fine. It's not our problem. It's not. It'll be fine. It'll be all right.
1: Won't be the last
0: time. Yeah, you're right. So, something to continue to monitor, and um, as this develops, and um absolutely going to emphasize that everybody continue to stay safe out there. All right. Um, Monkeypox, just like COVID, is nothing to play around with. Your health is the utmost importance out there. So absolutely continue to educate yourself from reputable sites and and information sources and continue just to be health to everybody. Um, So really quick, wanted to provide an update because again, a lot of things transpired um, while wow, we were out, Jay. So, a couple episodes ago, we talked about Brittany Griner, right? We talked about how she was awaiting trial, and we did a, did a, um, a topic about how her her spouse was trying her best to protect her mental health um, while not right. watching this thing. So, while we were out, Griner was sentenced to nine years in a Russian jail for drug smuggling. That's what she was found guilty of. So... Um, Unfortunately the U.S is still trying they're coming up with just different um, ways to try to, they they're coming up with different uh, what do they want to call it type of deals where they may exchange her for um, this guy this Russian person we have in our in our our facilities he's like the merchant of death I believe the case I don't know it's a lot of other different things that are taking place um it's unfortunate that she's being found you know for this you know for nine years um i feel like she's absolutely not and i know we talked about you have to know the rules of other people like when you go into different continents different countries got to know the rules right so can't escape that she absolutely has to have responsibility in addition to that i also feel that because she was caught during this time between what's going on with Russia and what's going on with the Ukraine and and just other, I feel like this was the worst time. And this added to it because there have been other situations where people were caught with even more type of contraband and they didn't get the time this year. So I think this is, you know, Russia using, you know, their opportunity to not just make an example, but see if they can get some leverage for things. But, you know, Jay, another development, I saw an article over the weekend. It seems like whatever Biden and the administration is uh is failing as far as trying to get like these uh, different conversations to get Brittany back. So it's been said that uh, they're sending reinforcements, not not Biden and them, but I don't know some unnamed source. They're going to send Dennis Rodman over there to go get her. I thought yeah. you
1: were. I'm no, I'm serious.
0: I'm serious. listen. They said that he came out. He was on the article that he they're sending him to go over there again. And he said, and I quote, I'm going over there to go get that girl and help her. Now, listen, Jay, we have to keep this about all right? But
1: she's a bargain. Yeah. Man. Like, that's I not- mean, he,
0: he, he was cool. He went over there to North Korea, remember? And and he, they- he was cool with, with that dictator over there.
1: He went over there and watched a couple shows and they treated him well. But it, he does more for them than they probably do for him. Look, he actually brought somebody that
0: was in captive. He brought somebody over. He um, one is one of the North Korea things. He went over to have a conversation, and he came back with one of their prisoners, one of the U.S. prisoners. I don't know.
1: Well, listen, man, this huh? is this is excessive, but they make an example out of her, like we talked about before, because of the time and the circumstance. You know, we talked about that girl before from the book, that island that you know, got caught with the 19 grams, $100 mm-hmm. fine. She was home in four weeks. So, obviously, you know, that they, they, they're going to make example of her out of her because of the time. So, it's unfortunate and excessive, but this is not ending anytime soon. If you ask yeah, it's
0: so continue to monitor that. Another update on one of our previous topics, uh, Bruce Willis, right? So we talked about how unfortunately he was diagnosed with aphasia, which is a um language comprehension and development um disorder due to brain damage. And we talked about how Hollywood was just running up the check on him, just, just putting him in, just what did he? I think it was some some odd number of like 20 different movies within two three years and they were hiding right. his uh his his challenges and his issues and giving him lesser speaking roles to try to mask that well jay listen here man a couple weeks ago i had the unfortunate opportunity of watching one of those movies it came on and i said you know what? let me let me see what let me give this a shot and I am here to report that that movie was god awful. All right, I mean Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, that thing was terrible, brother. I, I I've, it was called um, a day to die. Okay, and uh, he was playing like a, um, a security guard, and it. I mean, when I mean they really took and reduced his speaking roles, his dialogue, like it was just like they would just, the camera would go to him. And then it would go someplace else, and then something else would blow up. Then he was; sh- I, it didn't make any sense. It was it was terrible, Jay. Like it got to the point where I tried my best to hang in there for like thirty minutes. My daughter; she was sitting there, like you know how she she was on her phone. It was that bad where you know a lot of times when they're on the phone they don't even look up, right? It's, she looked up and was just like, "Yo, what is this?" Like, "Yo, I'm going upstairs." <laughs> like, it was really disheartening to see my guy John McClane. And um, in that state, man, uh, they did him a disservice. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible quality. Um,
1: well, I'm not watching that. I'm going to remember him for Die Hard, man.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, I just thought I would pro- provide an update, man, on one of those movies that, that they were pumping out and, and, and wheeling him through. It's not good. Not good at all. All right. All right, Jason, we might be going through another crisis in here in the U.S., all right? You know what that may be? Yeah, what's that? Single men, my friend. There seems to be, we are in the age of lonely single men, according to an article in Psychology Today, all right? It says the dating opportunities for the heterosexual man are diminishing as relationship standards rise. All right. So younger and middle-aged men are, they say per reports are the loneliest they've ever been in generation. And it's probably going to get worse. They say over the last 30 years, men have become a larger portion of that growing group of long-term single people. And while of course you don't actually need to be in a relationship to be happy, research indicates that men typically are happier and healthier when partnered. All right. So they said there are three factors that have changed the dating landscapes. Are right, You ready, Jack? The first one is dating apps. All right. They said that the dating apps are a huge driver of new romantic connections in the United States. They said the only problem is that upwards of 62% of users of, are men, and many women are overwhelmed with how many options they have. And they said the competition in online dating is fierce. And lucky in-person chance encounters are rarer than ever. So he said men represent approximately 62% of dating app users lowering their chances for matches. Jay, to this, you say what about the dating
1: apps? I mean, I mean, that's 62%. That seems like about right. I mean, it lowers your chances for a match. I, I agree with that. And this, this part of the article I actually agree with, right? He was talking about the 62%, you know, obviously that lowers your chances for a match. And then he was talking about Hinge, kind of another piece of data just saying like a lot of people like enjoyed their first date because they kind of use a lot of higher standards to match people. So he's kind of talking about, the, I guess, their people being taken out of the dating pool because they are, they are enjoying the people they're being matched up with, right? Right, so that was like the first cut part of the article, and that was his first one theme of three broad themes. And I agree with that kind of totally because those are the percentages and the statistics. Then after that, it kind of goes a little left in terms of it becomes like really an advertisement for his TikTok show. Yeah, r- rather than like data, but I understand he starts really just talking about what his viewers feel about men. So I'm not really, again, I think it's a good, like, um, cross-section and a a good, like, idea into how his viewers, because he said his viewers were females 25 to 45, right? So he kind of talks about what they feel like male's deficits are, I guess, that they are potential partners. So it's a good view from their perspective, but other than that, then he goes to men have deficits and they need to go to therapy. So it's kind of like. Hey, man, he's, he's, he's giving you know,
0: us business. He's giving us business. You know, he said, look, he said the relationship standards also are are suffering. Also, he said, you know, men they've been more emotionally available and good communicators. So send them to therapy.
1: So, so listen, I'm going to look at it in good faith. Like, I think the first part is absolutely accurate. Obviously, the second part, depending on who you are, you, you might think it's a little misleading. But, you know, when we talk about the dating market, you know, women, women, 25 to 45, they, their opinions do matter. You know, right, right. they're probably part of the dating you know market. But you just kind of know reading the article that it's, it's a little slanted because it's his it's his audience members and his viewers. So
0: they feel like it's a it's a bit skewed.
1: Man, you got to look at it with a little bit of little grain of salt, but you know, I mean, listen, it's a perspective, right? Because every perspective, when you look at dating shows, when you look at people's opinions, it's not going to necessarily be a, an accurate cross, you know, sample of, of every person, right? It right. may be segments because certain shows are going to con- con- cater to younger men or older men or older women, you know, or whatever demographic. So. It's a good idea of what his audience is thinking about men that are out there, you know? They think they need relationship skills, you know?
0: Hey, listen, you you know my perspective and my take on the dating apps, okay? We've had this conversation many a time, all right? And if any of these guys walk into my office, all right, I'm going to tell them straight off the bat, get rid of the dating apps, all right?
1: You're going to tell them to get off the dating apps. I'm
0: going to tell them to get off the dating apps. You don't need them. See what I mean? They're They're out there. All right? Just got to go outside. That's all you have to do. And according to this, you got to step your game up. All right? Okay? You need to be more emotionally available and learn how to communicate. You can't communicate because you're on the dating apps. You see, it's created a vicious cycle, Jay. Do you see that? Vicious oh. cycle.
1: <laughs> I, I, <listen>. right? <laughs> I hear you.
0: It's the circus. They avoid it. it's a cycle of avoidance. That's what it is. All right.
1: I mean, you know? listen, I, I feel like in general, I don't know what it would say when this is study, when it's said and done, what it's gonna say. It's done to our like communication. Um I definitely think it's kind of softened people's communication skills a lot. Um, but there's a group of people I think you know that probably wouldn't participate in the dating market as much if they didn't have dating apps, because you know they're probably um, you know a little bit introverted. So I think it it depends, you know, because remember during the pandemic they were talking about it's like record numbers of people on dating apps because yeah. that's the only place you could go. So everybody was on there. So well, I think um, I
0: think also, and I will say at least this may give the skills deficit, some merit, right? We just talked about how high the number of men there are, right? Because overall there are more women than men, right? So if you're a guy or male, if your perspective is, well, I'm liable or I have a high probability of landing someone because there are just so many around and they're going to maybe settle. Maybe that might be contributing to why the skills are at such You know, a lack or or lacking, or I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking that you kind of figure if you're looking at the odds of the ratio, it's like, all right, well, we're outnumbered like vastly, so all right, well, I'm guaranteed to to link up with somebody. I don't know. I mean, like you said, if there are so many on the phone that I mean, on the dating apps, then I don't know, just kind of playing a numbers game, but I mean, that also might be contributing to, you know,
1: there's so many factors, like because he didn't say what dating app he got that number from you know what i mean so, is it a hookup app or is it a relationship app is it a, you know what i mean like is it a app that's you know leaning towards older people or younger college age people like who knows but um and i get it it's not his responsibility to, to have every you know stat in the world you know but like i said this was clearly it seems like this was clearly I could see him like doing a show and him saying, oh, men need better relationship skills from like interacting with his callers and everything, yeah. and then constructing the article around. It's like
0: that's, he, that's when he pulls out the book.
1: It's like bottom up stuff. It's like yeah, he he took the conclusion and then I think he kind of just shaped everything around it, which I, I don't have a problem because it's this is not, he didn't shape it in terms of being super scientific. You know what I mean? So he can find data to support his, you know, you know, whatever his hypothesis was, but um, listen,
0: what love it or hate it,
1: there's a, there's a group of women out here who are in the dating market that feel like men need better relationship skills, right? So we can, you know, I can rationalize and I can pick away at where he got the data from, you know, but there's still a group of women out there that feel like we need better relationship skills, so yeah, there's,
0: like, there's some merit to it. I'm sure there are uh, a, a decent group of women that would that would agree with that that sentiment. Um, so, Jay, if you're lucky enough to actually get one of these dates on one of the apps or maybe be in a relationship, all right, you could possibly also either be <laughs> the victim of or be the person that does the ghosting. All right? <laughs> so ghosting happens when someone cuts off all, all, all lines of communication with the person without an explanation, right? So the phenomenon has become pretty common on social media and dating sites. Um, however, with the isolation that we just kind of briefly mentioned uh, during the pandemic, um, like you said, it's forcing more people to be online together more than ever. You know, just kind of sure. due to the circumstances. So there was a psychology professor who studied the role of technology use in interpersonal relationships and well-being. And he wanted to understand what leads individuals to ghost others. And if ghosting had any perceived Uh, effects on one's mental health. And to address these questions, his research team recruited uh, 76 college students through social media and on on on-campus flyers, uh, 70% of them being female. The study um, participants signed up for one of 20 focus groups ranging in size from two to five students. Group sessions lasted an average of 45 minutes each, and the participants provided responses to questions asking them to reflect on ghosting experiences. And here's what they found. They said some students admitted they ghosted because they had they lacked the necessary communication skills to have an open and honest conversation. And whether that conversation happened face to face or via text or email. So one of the participants says, I'm not good at communication uh, or communicating with people in person. So I definitely cannot do it through typing or anything like that. Another person said, I do not have the confidence to tell them that or I guess it could be easy or could be because of my social anxiety. Okay. In some other instances, uh, participants opted to ghost if they thought meeting the person would stir up some emotional or sexual feelings that are not ready to pursue. (coughs) Excuse me. He said people are afraid of something becoming too much. The fact that the relationship is somehow getting to the next level. Some others said they ghosted because of safety concerns. Forty-five percent ghosted to remove themselves from a toxic, or unpleasant, or unhealthy situation. Um, and one of the the least reported yet perhaps most interesting reasons for ghosting someone, they said protecting the person's feelings. They said it's better to ghost. The thinking goes than to cause the person hurt feelings that may come with an overt rejection. Right. So that being said, uh, recent data suggests that U.S. adults generally perceive breaking up through email, text, or social media as unacceptable and prefer the in person breakup conversation, though. Right. Yes. How about that? Other data suggests that U.S. adults generally perceive breaking up through it as an unacceptable and that it can have negative consequences for mental health. They say short term of these ghosting felt overwhelming, rejection, and confusion. And then they reported feelings of low self-worth and self-esteem. Part of the problem is that it lacks clarity and not knowing where communication abruptly stopped. So, and sometimes the element of paranoia ensues that the ghosty tries to make sense of the situation. What do you think about that, Jay, as far as ghosting?
1: Listen, I think this is one of these situations where people are going to respond one way to a survey and then another way in real life, right? So... If you send people a survey via email, it's easy to assume 70% of people are going to say, no, break up with me in person. You owe me that, right? Right. But on the other end, when we look at this type of experiment, right, the most common reason for ghosting somebody, a.k.a. dumping them, right, is lack of interest to pursue the relationship. So, it's easy to draw like and make an inference or draw the conclusion that yo, the convenience of having that space, right? It makes it more convenient to break up with you via ghosting, right? It may be harsh, right? But it's another word for rejection and dumping, right? And they can do that much easier with that space in between them. So again, Rejection, not, we don't have the, con. I don't have the confidence to tell them, right? attraction is not there, right? The minority of the people said the relationship was too much or basically like, you know, they didn't want to kind of jump into something. But either way, you know, what this type of data tells you is that we have a generation of people, you know, who, I mean, I don't want to say that they're taking the easy route in terms of, you know, less, less space time, less accountability, right? Imagine if your children could apologize to you over the phone or through the wall. They would choose it every time, right? Yeah. So what's the difference between breaking up? Why are we surprised?
0: The key ingredient here is what you mentioned, convenience. All right? It's a lot easier for you to do it from the safety or the comfort of your own home uh, on your computer and your laptop or your phone to not just do anything, right? Like you would right. assume, um, assume that it would be easier to say, all right, well, things aren't working out via text message. But now it's gotten even more convenient. Where it's just like, I'm just not even going to respond at all. They'll figure it out, right?
1: But see, so I got a question for you. This is the real problem. And I'm not trying to make light of this situation, but... This is the real problem because if you get ghosted, right? Most of the problem is these people are like dwelling and they're already gonna continue to reach back out. Why didn't they want? A lot of the issue is, right? First of all, you gotta accept that ghosting is another way of breaking up in terms of a relationship. So a person is ghosting you just because they're not talking to you it means that they're dumping you, right? So what really what people need to figure out is how long before they determine that the relationship is over, right? So if I don't, if you're, if you meet a great girl and you're talking to her and then she ghosts you on Monday, by by Thursday, are you broken up? By, is it two weeks? This is where I think the problem is coming, right? Because you have somebody on the other end lingering. Clearly the person who has ghosted you has moved on. Clearly, right? So the real problem is on the other end, the person who's the victim of being ghosted. Should we have a three-day rule, four-day rule?
0: I think that needs to be incorporated now. Like we, we remember where we used to have all the unwritten rules. I remember it was, all right, well, after you go out with somebody, how long do, does it take or should you call them, right? You don't want to look desperate. You don't want to look all the I think ghosting now has to be incorporated into some of those unwritten, you know, rules or those unspoken rules of dating, right? It has to, it has to own, be because that's the
1: new thing. Protect your own well-being, right? So if somebody doesn't respond to you, In three to four days, then you need to consider yourself single again, especially in the days of dating apps. It may sound foul, but you you have to go into these interactions, assuming that a person is talking to multiple people most of the time. And if you don't hear from them for three or four days, that situation is probably over.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I believe that ghosting should absolutely be uh, part of the preparation of when you do dating apps and other different things similar to that nature right it may be i don't know if there needs to be a part of of like you know during the the terms and agreements and and conditions but it might need to be a certain place where it says hey ghosting is (laughs) very likely and possible where some people need to see it in black and white they need they need to have this acceptance based on what we saw it's like hey It's a a strong possibility that you will be ghosted or you can ghost somebody, okay? Okay. So you you don't get caught up in this rumination cycle, like you said, of trying to second-guess and the paranoia kicks in. Well, is it me? Is it not me? No, it's it's a part of the dating game right now.
1: But, bro, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but aren't we getting to a point in a society where it's like we have to have a soft landing for everything? Like, people... You get dumped in in life, like, I know. like everybody. Yeah, I not, everybody is not interested. Everybody I I wanted was not interested in me. I wish they did. I wish they all wanted me. They wasn't all interested. I had to pick my job, my face up, right from off the ground, right. I had to realize everybody's not going to be interested in me. That doesn't mean I'm inadequate. That doesn't mean any anything. It just means that this person was not interested in me. You know. So what I mean is. Could a person, am I advocating for people to get let on? No, obviously. But what I'm saying is rejection is part of relationships. Like if you go deal with relationships, rejection with just somebody who just don't like the way you look or your style or your, your the introduction, the line you use to introduce yourself, how are you going to deal with rejection within your relationship? If, 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 we, if we need landings that soft, for a stranger that doesn't owe you
0: anything, it's crazy. Here's the thing: I, I I want us as a society um to stop acting like ghosting hasn't been around prior to this actually being late. Okay let us let's, let's have a real conversation. Okay, there were plenty of times when you had the regular wall phones in the kitchen, or even the cold, or even the cordless phone, or even back in the day where they had the rotary phones. Okay, listen. You went out with somebody now, maybe it wasn't just online, of course, because that wasn't in existence. But there were times that, you know, I'm sure our parents, grandparents, even us back in the day, when you went out and met up with somebody, and then it was like, All right, cool. So yeah, I'll call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never heard back from that person.
1: Or, or you talked to them a couple of times and you're like, nope, nope, let the answer machine get
0: that. Yeah, let, let it let it go. La da da da. Like, yeah, they, they would come past the house, tell them I'm not here, right? Like, you it's ghosting in this type of dumping or rejection, or however you avoid getting out of this situation or this communication with somebody, has been around for years, for generations, even. It's just so now that a lot of these terms have been given labels right now right. That all of a sudden oh it's ghosting or it's this right that's because that's where we're in we're in the this particular generation has a term for everything but this has been going around right and not to say that it doesn't hurt yes rejection is something that people have to deal with they have to learn how to cope with and it's not fun and it's different for every person giving whatever their previous experience has been at the same time, it's part of the dating game. It's a part of interpersonal relationships. It's a part of you finding whoever's right for you. And you know, it's it's been around. So I, I you know, I just, for people to see or have this reaction to like ghosting or this type of behavior, I'm not even going to say ghosting, but this type of behavior when it comes to dating is like so nuanced or is it some type of novelty. It's not. It's been around for right forever. So let's let's stop acting like it. All right. And, you know, you move on. Right. You you learn how to cope and how to manage and and self-reflect and you move on in the absence of somebody giving you feedback. I mean, is that something that we all want? Like the person that doesn't want to talk to you anymore? Or should it be? Hey, Jay, uh, I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> because I didn't like the way you did this. And I feel like you can make some improvements in it. I don't need a list. All right. Sure. See to I me mean? like if you weren't um, feeling me. That's cool. All right, I, I don't, I don't, need a scouting report or like a list of where I can perform by, You know, be I mean? improve my performance. I, I'm good. Just I'm good. I, I'll take the ghosting. I'm straight. I, I
1: Appreciate being ghosted a couple times in my life. I appreciate
0: it. Hey man, those ghosting may have saved our lives, bro. That's right, brother. All right, all right. Now before we get out of here, absolutely have to bring uh, some important information to the forefront all right so and we we talked about this briefly before we got on jay that yeah, there's that there's been um an unfortunate situation um and things that have been taking place over the border okay so there have been like these rainbow colored uh cotton or not cotton candy looking uh rainbow fentanyl pills all right so let me let me try to pull this up really quick um
1: definitely just for awareness purposes you know because it looks like candy right it looks like smarties um you know for parents teachers anybody who works with like you know young people you know you want to let them know because it kind of looks like a, a, a party drug for adolescents or teenagers you know definitely you would be concerned for accidental overdose with children um and specifically like You know, gangs, cartels, people that produce these type of drugs, you know, they they made them with these bright colors to kind of target this population. So just want to be aware of the rainbow fentanyl type pills, all of those things floating around.
0: Absolutely. So there were thousands of rainbow fentanyl pills that were seized by authorities, which, as you mentioned, Jay, is a, could be a possible new trend that is targeting kids. So they said um, Customs and Border Protection agents in Arizona seized more than 15,000 fentanyl pills that were strapped to a person's leg uh, this past Wednesday or last week. And the way they have these candy looking pills. Right. And they were seized at the port. And like you mentioned, yeah, if you take a look at them, they look like sweet tarts. Right. right? And for those people that are familiar with candy um, or sweet tarts, it, they, you know, they look like round little pieces of candy with various different colors. And that's exactly how these fentanyl pills look look like. Um, and it's scary because you and I know and most of the general public is that, you know, we are very much still in um, this epidemic of heroin. Right, and fentanyl, I mean, is one of the most um I mean, it's getting people out of here right it's 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 leading to a lot of overdoses, and um and, no. and and un, and unfortunately uh these man these these drug dealers man these these drug makers, these individuals, and in this they are getting more and more resourceful to get their product out and to make money, and they don't care who dies, who it affects, how many families um and the fact that this could be on any school campus um is is scary right they said there was already a bus i think um out in oregon that i mean it's already made its way up to the northern western area so if it's up there that means it could be anywhere so that's something that parents absolutely need to be aware of schools need to be aware of um you know just being hyper vigilant. kids need to be aware of this because again these you know, these these dealers are crafty, you know. Of course, they're dishonest by by nature, and they could be telling you that it's any type of thing, and it could be fentanyl and it could be lethal. So, um, as you guys get an opportunity, they're called um, you know, the, the uh rainbow fentanyl pills, and so you guys can go online, check it out, get as much information about it. Uh, please, please, we must remain hyper-vigilant and we must remain aware because. The drug game continues to evolve, everyone. I know we, you know, don't want to think about things of that nature, but we wouldn't be responsible on this platform as if when we receive new information about um, substance use that we didn't get the information out to you guys, the public. So absolutely, you want to stay informed in the evolving drug trade and just that area because it affects all our communities, right? Drugs don't discriminate. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you guys, want to be aware. Get as much information. Pass information on to other parents, to schools, other officials, and please, please be on the lookout for this because this is very scary uh, and very, very dangerous.
1: Yo, man, I I agree. Like again, you know the danger in this, is it's the the appearance, right? Think about it. With Halloween coming up, right? It looks like a party drug. It looks like. You know, candy a child will want. I don't think it's going to be the last time we hear about it. But, again, just kind of bringing this up for information and psychoeducation. So type it into Google and check it out.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jay, uh, we covered a lot. Anything else before we get out of here?
1: Uh, nothing really. Just want to thank everybody for hanging with us. Um, again, you know, today was a little bit different, you know, style in terms of we covered a whole bunch of stuff. That was good. Um, so just trying to catch up a little bit. We're going to, you know, get the content out a little bit faster. Um, you know, and again, just want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen. So we appreciate it. Prioritize your mental health.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we are absolutely seeing the numbers of subscribers gradually increase. So we appreciate the support. Yes. Prioritize your mental health. Shop mentalhealthclosing.com for my guy Jay for his closing. All right. Not only prioritize it. But you can wear it too. All right, so that's what you can do. Uh, again, we appreciate the feedback, any questions, statements, um, or also topics that you guys want us to cover. We love it, you know. We want to hear back from you guys, so we appreciate also. We've been seeing that on YouTube, we've been seeing a lot more people comment and engaging in the conversation. Dr. J and I love going back and forth and interacting and communicating with you guys, so keep up that energy. We love it. Uh, like you said, wishing everybody. Good mental health. Until next time, Jay.
1: All right, bro. Later, man.